Good people of the interwebs, we've returned for episode 45, The Big Old Red Fighting Cock. In this episode, Elbram madly fires Eldritch Blasts. Akmenis and Oraki must hogtie and gag their companion. Kaelin leaves a strange letter. To whom? For what? Why does the smell of spices and the sound of tinkling chimes scare the bejesus out of Oraki? Kalidus speaks about flying carpets and priestesses with Oswald of the Merchant Guard. From a dark corner, a bedraggled and familiar face visits the bound-up Elbrum. Has Cabal returned? And who is this Nefertiri? Why would all of the Grey Company eat the Crimson Nib special? What happens when the companions learn that Calidus has been holding out with his identify spell? Alarms sound and the Perbastet Harbor Curtain Shield is raised. A phalanx of griffins takes off from the Linus District and flies to the east. And finally, why does Elbrum need a fighting cock? Do you want to know more? Then sit back, stay tuned, and enjoy. Hello there, and welcome to a Dungeons & Dragons role-playing podcast. My name is Stacy, and I'm the GM. Come with me and my good friend Mick. Join us in our weekly discussion about our campaign. Listen to our successes and failures while trying to flex our role-playing muscle. The funny bits, the dumb bits and the all-around good time that comes with this great activity. The cast is... The elf-marked wizard that likes to be out front, Calidus Magnus Lunior. The world-tree-seeking human paladin, Caelan Vendis. The tiefling paladin, steeped in lore, Akmenis. The Asmar warlock with a strange wrist leaf, Elbrum. And finally, a female knoll cleric that has visions of the restless prophet, Oraki. The campaign setting is the Southlands from Cobalt Press. We are using the D&D 5e rule set, and we game using the Fantasy Grounds virtual tabletop. So that's the cast. That's the campaign. Now, good people, welcome to the show. Welcome back, good people of the interwebs. I'm here with my friend Mick to once again talk about what we did in our last session, which was just a few days back. I was actually waiting for this podcast because what happened in the session I thought was really quite interesting. All I got to say before getting into the minute details of what we did, Elbrum, what in the hell was he thinking? I have no idea. The whole business about the bloody rooster. And I'm thinking, I think I'm going to call this clickbait episode, I'm going to call it the big old red cock. cock. The big red cock. Yeah. The big red old cock. Yeah. Or the big red, the big old red fighting cock. That should be the clickbait title. The old red cock. And I have no idea. My personal thought of where he was going at the end was I was like, after, of course, not, not at the moment. At the moment, I was just flabbergasted. But now I'm kind of like, maybe he was 
he knows like he listens to the podcast maybe he was giving us some crap to talk about in the podcast because he's like yeah they're going to talk about this for sure because i have no I'm idea i'm sure that he has a plan <laughs> I have no idea i can't I'm, I'm sure that he has a plan of course like, he's got a plan he has a plan he had a plan to get rid of the leaf from his arm yes sometimes yes. they're not the best thought out plans no but well, still it's just okay so we're we've got to wrap things up for the day Anything, last things you guys want to do, say? Oh, yeah, I'd like to go to this place to do, and, you know, buy a, buy a cock. Uh, right, okay. It yeah. will become obvious and clear to us later on that yeah. this was tactically an incredibly good move. For sure, for sure, yeah, for sure. We, come, we don't see it, it at the moment. No, but we will eventually see that, that having a big cock is going to pay dividends. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's, oh, Lord, the puns. It's no different than, I guess, <laughs> well, it, Oraki going to go and get her her crimson nib half plate polished to a mere finish. What the hell? I, yeah. I don't know. It, clearly, they've got some plans. and They have plans. I'm just waiting for the the huge reveal moment when, well, I mean, you guys do like to get me, so maybe that's the whole point is there there there's a... Oh, we got the DM moment coming that I need to be prepared for. Yeah, or we just sort of gather together bits and pieces that we can play out later. There's no actual strategy for it. We're just going to throw this giant big red cock at you later on in the middle of a game. (laughs) Deal with it. And then go, yeah, now it's your problem. It's just another NPC that we load you up with. Yeah, totally true. Okay, moving on. I mean, it's amusing and we could probably... You could probably come up with a ton of more puns, but I could, yeah, I'm yeah, that's just outside of my wit. I'm just thinking, like, you're going to have to configure the big red cock. How many hit points does a cock get? <laughs> does, does does the big red cock have any magical power? Uh, yeah, yeah, we need a character sheet for the big yeah. red cock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that'll be it. Totally. I, I suspect probably killing it off very early on might be a good idea. Well, you know, it's okay. I, I know we're we not supposed like you know we're not supposed to go to other games, but what we bought a, a seven-year-old girl in the other game we were playing the other day. Well, to the end of the day, yes. And what was the comment that was made about that? Oh, we, we can God. toast her and put her in an oven with no, a honey glaze that, and eat her. That was Dimble's comment. Yeah. yeah, I don't know where he was taking that from. I was just like, oh Lord, labor laws. We're getting in trouble for that one. No, that was just straight-out cannibalism. That well, was straight-out cannibalism. No, no, That's right. You let Alarak eat raw meat. So clearly, you know, I don't let and him. it was he just eats the raw. He just meat. eats raw, rotten food, doesn't he? Whatever yeah. he finds, you know, it's a dead cat. I'll eat that. He killed a few rats and took them home for breakfast. We're outside of embers from the chimney right now. We're talking about the Atwas ad libendi, and this is where Mick and I are players with another player, and it, it gets streamed. And the specific aim of that game is to throw the DM. Well, That's because he is trying to introduce a bunch of random concepts to us, and we're trying and to distract I, him. I think one of them is the teleporting clothes. I think that's got to be one of them. But anyways, yes. the thing was in that was, I just love that when we're like, oh yeah, and you're Dimble. And I was just like, and it's two days ago all over again. And just leave it there. <laughs> Who knows what happened two days ago. But leave it for the DM to fill it in or something yeah. like this and see if he can try, see what he's going to do. Not not really trying to throw him. I was trying to throw all of you guys, to be honest. The whole you eating play, raw. Yeah. <laughs> You weren't playing. You weren't playing nice when I was going to take home the seven-year-old. That was like, I hope I've got enough money to buy a seven-year-old because that's like, that really does put the DM in a position. 
you've got your seven-year-old bottle washer and cleaner and cook. Seven-year-old yeah. seven urchin girl yeah. paid 25 gold and she's going to cook and clean for us for a month. Three months. For three weeks or whatever it was. Three months. We get three months of slave labor <laughs> for 25 gold. But again, like, you know, we can teach her how to answer the phones and deal with the customers, all that kind of what? stuff. I mean, you can imagine what happens when we sit there and the customer comes to the front door and we say, Lucy, go and answer the front door. And the next 20 minutes, the DM has a conversation between himself and himself. I wanted you to role play the whole Disney bit. I was just in there. I want to sit down. Lucy, sit down. Let's watch this. This is going to be interesting. What roles are you going to make? <laughs> For the life of me, I couldn't come up with a song from Cinderella. Was oh, it Cinderella know. or was no? no yeah, it was I was the working, was the... the happy working song I was thinking yeah. of was the, oh, that was the Disney one where they had the real life, the redhead princess who came to Earth. And she would be singing from the window and all the oh, yeah. rats and pigeons came yeah, and started. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm going back to the 19... 19- yeah, the cartoon. The cartoon yeah, right. The, but yeah, Cinderella song. sings a song and all the, all the mice creators get together and they make her dress. Make her dress yeah. But yeah, no, I was. I was definitely trying to give Alrak a hard time about eating raw. And I pushed you to have Oscar go down. We'll look around. We'll tell Oscar to walk around the ground and take a look. Uh, and Oscar got killed, of course. Yeah, uh, well, that was expected. Huh? That's what Oscar's job is to die. Well, you know, I was just sitting there thinking, you don't see it happen enough. People are like, I'm going to protect my familiar. Well, I mean, you can cast it again. Whoopity-doo. Have him go take a look down the hole. Why not? Yeah. At least he dies instead of us. You remove that attack. Oh, I, Oscar has been sacrificed numerous occasions. He's, he's a tool. He is, yeah. Sure, just use him as a tool. Oh, he's but tool. he's my familiar. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah I, I, he'll come back next week and he'll come back with a different colored dice. I think as a DM, I'm going to be on a familiar killing spree is what I want to be. Because in West Marches, people with familiars are just going bonkers. Well, anyway. They're not letting them die and they're protecting them up the wazoo. Or... The last Sleeper Island session that I ran, I stick to the five-player limit because yeah. that's what I like. A lot more role-playing and interaction goes on at that. And three of them had familiars. Oh, Okay. So Well, that's fairly easy to fix, isn't it? Well, you know, I, I was sitting there thinking, it's hard because when you're playing an NPC and the NPC's stupid, typically they will target the weak. When a weak is flying up in the air, well, unless they're flyers as well. So it's not as simple. Just, just You can to... always just nail them on the way out of town. Yeah. You know, you're walking out of town, you've got your familiar owl on your shoulder, a cat leaps off the fence and attacks the owl as you walk by. That's the end you of that know, familiar. Why I mean, not? I mean, no, if, if you want to get rid of them, get rid of them as they're setting off. They're in the bloody wilderness. Well, well, if they if they create, I, I always create my familiar the day before we leave. Yeah, they do have their familiars. So the familiars mm. there as you are leaving town. Mm. So if they're not starting out in the bush, you can kill them off before they even leave town. Mm. You weren't yeah. paying attention. You left your owl sitting out there, and the cat got him. Yeah, the stupid bar cat. Yeah, that was it. Anyway, we should get back on to Embers from a Chimney, and where did we leave off? So, I can't remember where we started. Well, we left off at, basically, you were up at the shops. I was, yes. And you had just, you were in the shop, you had been talking to a shopkeeper, you'd been buying your ink, and you had tried to get, get to the, the shopkeeper to let you go out the back, and you basically indicated to her that you were looking to get away from the merchant guard who was escorting you to the shop and that kind of 
freaked her out. She's like, yeah, you need to leave. So you were starting back up in the Lioness District. And I mean, the thing was, is there was a, a time gap difference because in the session previously that I said, it's going to take you four hours to find the shop up in mm -hmm. the Lioness District. And it's going to take you like, I think I is eight plus hours one, yeah. to find it in the district of the cat. So you elected, I'm going to go up into the Lioness District. So you were basically, it was roughly 4 p.m. for you, and it was still 1.30 for these the other guys. So the other yeah. guys, we started out, it was in the apartment. That was 12. Yeah. Yeah. Oraki and Akmenis had hogtied Elbrum because he was having hallucinations, and he shot himself with an Eldritch Blast trying to blow off the, the leaf. I told him to. I was like, yeah, you know, Elbrum, sorry. I got too excited to get the guys back because I had actually intended to also have a scene where you were trying to cut it off with that knife, with that hot knife, and yeah. I apologize. But anyway, so he's hogtied, he's in his room, they gagged him as well. I clarified that the session set up. I was like, okay, so you, you tied up his arms? No, no, arms and legs. Okay, so you hogtied him. Yeah, yeah. And what about his mouth? Yeah, we gagged him. Okay, right, because you don't want him to cast spells. Yeah, right. And so... What I did for him is at the very beginning, sitting in the room with him in the shadow of the corner was, and I took him into private channel to have this conversation, but it was Kane Wasset. Again, I love using that private channel because I love it when you guys give your aha moments to the other characters and do a little bit of reveal and it comes out as this big surprise. And I mean, you've done that a few times in the past. Mm. It was brilliant and it just... I like those. Yeah. Th those those are the moments I live for. So yeah, I, I took him into the private channel and I had a conversation between him and Cain. And he did tell you guys, I don't know how well... Th this is the thing. When you guys talk to each other, I don't know how well you guys listen to each other. Not very. Yeah, because I was I mean, listening that to... That would be fairly obvious. Well, you hope. I guess someone, who was it that was recently there, there talking? Is, there is, oh, I was listening to Matt Colville the other day, and he was talking about what makes a good player. And one of the things that he was saying was that players don't just wait for your opportunity to talk to the DM. Listen to the other players. Interact with them. And it got me thinking because he did tell you guys something about Kane Wasset, and I thought it was important but I didn't see you guys ask him any questions about that or stop him in the conversation about that. I think there's a there's a reason for that, and uh, that it sits in that environment of you actually don't have to listen to what the other player says because he's on your team. He he only has to tell you that I spoke yeah, but, with Kane Wasset, and then as you go along, if there's a, there's an expectation as you go along, if anything comes up. He's yeah. going to give you the, the piece of information. So he may tell, well, tell you about it. Here's the thing for me. And, I know where and, you're coming from, but like for me as a player with you guys, I have more fun role-playing with you guys than I do role-playing with a DM. Yeah, okay, so he's introducing us on concept, but I love it when we go off on a, a tangent <laughs> because this, oh, he just did this, and then we sit there and we're talking about something, and then DM's got to bring us back on track. Mm -hmm. Because to me, when we start going like that, we are immersing in who our characters are. We're not just following the DM. We are, are challenging ourselves to be our characters. So I like it when you guys are able to do that. There's been a few times, like when you guys left the Pallid Court office after having met Ahit Namur and her scolding you guys about the, the pool of blood, 
you guys had a 15-minute debate about is she a vampire or not. Yeah, yeah. And that was but that, great. But that's not that's 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 a conversation about someone else. In this scenario that we're talking about where Elbram and Kane are sitting in a room and having a conversation, yeah. it's he knows all the information. Yeah. We can ask him a few questions. Yeah. But he doesn't know anything other than what happened in the room. If we asked him no, but, if we but, asked him if we asked him a piece of information that Kane hadn't given yeah. him. There's nothing there. And so the conversation, you can't have that conversation about... Well, he, okay, I understand where you're coming from, from but my, from my perspective is, like, so I had a conversation with him, and I told, so with Elbrum, I was like, you see this, or you have this bit of, you talk about this. There's the NPC talking with him, and there's the stuff that he observes. Hmm. Based on that, to me, it was clear. I told him, okay, specifically, what I was hoping to see people clue in on more was... I told Elbrum, I'd said, he looks bedraggled. When you met him before, he was wearing... Do you know what a thwab is? First, no. So thwab is the traditional white or off-white clothes that are worn by people in the desert. Like when Chairman Mao ran China, he made everybody wear the Maoist robes, equality, blah, blah, blah. You must wear the Maoist clothes. A thwab was basically your traditional desert getup. So he, when you met him originally, he was pristine. His, his thwab was immaculately kept. And I made sure, when I said to Elbrum, I was like, you recall when you'd seen him last, his thwab was pristine, it was very well kept. He looks bedraggled, he looks dirty, he looks exhausted. It, and so he told you guys about that. Now yeah. he... Now, he didn't go into as much detail as me, but he's like, yeah, he, looked, he didn't look very good. And I was, because to me, Elbrum didn't stoke on that, anything that I was saying there. So I, I was waiting to see, does he tell you guys? And then do you guys react off of that and be like, hey, wait a minute, what, what, sorry? He was what? Ooh, what the hell? Yeah, but we did react. Our first reaction, what? our first reaction right at the start of I saw Kane yeah. was, yeah, mate, you were tripping. Yeah, yeah. So our our, yeah. our starting point for this, yeah, and, you're tripping and, and Calidus yeah. is Calidus is still not, not there. Even, <laughs> no, I'm not there. Calidus is sitting there going like, yeah, yeah, you're a hallucinating man. He wasn't there. We didn't see him come in. We didn't see him go out. Yeah. you know, he's teleported in, teleported out. We don't know. We don't care. Yep. and that's the position. So yep. Calidus isn't going to move from the position of you had an hallucination. It's not like a the Calidus vision where he collapsed outside the pallet court where this is something he saw when yeah. he was dying. Yeah. Yeah. You've already taken the drink that's going to send you off on a, a wonderful psychedelic yeah, yeah. trip. Yeah. So it was just hallucination. So it's just yeah. hallucination. You're telling us a story that's fine. Mm. He's going to, he, he is going to have to almost convince us that this is not, re than... not related to the, yeah. to the drugs. Or what will happen is that there will be a trigger that occurs where we will suddenly go, hang on a minute, maybe that wasn't an hallucination. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so the long conversation that we said we, we had about are they vampires, are they not vampires, holes in grounds, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's, that's because all three of us have observed it and then tried to figure out what's going on. Well, no, 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 no. The... the, the... Hold okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. I see where you're so, coming you from. Yeah. No, I, I was uh, thinking when you mentioned that, I was thinking about well, Kalen observed 
when I heat was folded up into the ground. Yeah. Nobody else did because they were all chatting with Sarah about the contract. But yeah, well, again, then I, there was a again, conversation There's a credibility on. thing, isn't yeah. it? Kalen wasn't stoned at the time. He yeah, hadn't yeah. tried to cut a leaf out of his arm. Yeah. And, and again, the other side of it is, you know, the end point of it is that, is that if there is something that comes up that we need to know, we know that he knows it. Yeah. He may not have told us. Yeah. But, right. You know, and we've had this conversation before. More often than not, the players don't convey the information. So do you remember, do you, okay, so that, that was just, he, he was having a hallucination, but do you recall anything else that he mentioned about that conversation? What Kaim was interested in? It was Thursday, wasn't it? It was this Thursday, wasn't it? Oh, yes. The session it was, was a yes. few, just only th- yeah, well, three days ago. It was three days ago, and it was at a point at which the Australian government was being overthrown. So yeah. one of the players in the game wasn't paying that much attention because he actually had an audio loop of what's going on running in the background, and so he only when it was his turn did he tend to pay that much attention. Oh, Yes, take you. me out and beat me, I know. But, yes, we did lose a government on Thursday. Yep. Um, so what else happened? What were we saying? What did he... He, he was... Uh, so Oraki and Ekmanis were questioning him about well, what the hell did Kame want? Because at the end, Kame, he removed the gag from Elbrum and he removed the, the, the rope that was holding him hogtied so that you know, he could sit up and have a conversation. And then all, after the conversation ended, you know, Kame kind of just stepped into the shadows and disappeared. But he was asking Elbrum about Cobal. And Elbrum That's mentioned right. a couple of things. He mentioned he that. that he was asking about Cobal, or he seemed very interested in about Cobal. And he was asking Elbrum as well about Nefertiri. I didn't get that bit. Yeah. Got the Cobal bit. Yeah. Because you guys have never heard the name Nefertiri yeah. yet. So he was asking those things. And I loved how Elbrum took it and is like, he blames us for having caused the explosion. And I was just like, okay, but yeah, if you want to take it so, there, go. I, I just love... So who blamed, who blamed us for the no, explosion? No, was it, that was Elbrum's interpretation. And I love it when you guys was, do that. Like, was Elbrum interpreting that Nefertiti blamed us no, for No, the, ne- Nefertiri, the... Nefertiri was something that... So Cobal came, blamed, us said, the, blamed us for the explosion. No, no, he doesn't know it. Kaim Waset was asking, I need to know, you guys are in the pyramid. Is Cobal still in the pyramid? Mm-hmm. And well, Elbrum was yeah. like, Yeah, no, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. And then Kaim Waset was like, Well, all right, so you haven't heard then anything when you were there about Nefertiti. And Elbrum was like, No, no. So, and this is, what, this is one of the things, like, he was talking with Ekmenes Oraki, and of course you weren't there, and they're asking him questions. They were focusing on the pool of blood and what happened to the pool of blood. And Elbrum was drawing these conclusions that he was blaming them. And I was but just like... Who, who was the them? You guys. Okay, Elbrum was drawing then, the conclusion then that Tame was, was, was blaming us, the Grey Company, for causing that. For causing the explosion. Yeah. And I love that because that was reminiscent of... You remember when we had the conversation about in one of the podcasts where we were talking and you were vizier panshars undermining the government this conservative thing all of my stuff you went so far out and i was just like where is this coming from never gonna get him back in again yeah and then i was just listening to elbrum about he's blaming the great company i'm just like 
what? Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> I'm not correcting you guys and where you guys are going. And again, it's probably faux pas for me to even, you know, talk about this stuff in the thing. But I've just, sometimes no, the things happens, you guys but, do, but, it's but, like, but have what? I, but have I been paying attention? I now take a couple of bits of information. And by the explosion, I'm now assuming that I make the assumption it's that wave that passed across us while we were coming yes. back. It emanated from the Blood Lake. It has something to do with Kalbal and... Well, I mean, Nefer- I would have thought you guys put that together because when you were at the Blood Lake, a lot of the wildlife around it was all diseased and dying. That wouldn't have given us a connection to Kobal. Though. No, no, no connection to Kobal. Yeah. Absolutely not. And when Cain was there, there was no connection to Kobal. There was no connection between what happened to you at the Pool of Blood and Kobal. But Elbrum made that connection. And when you guys were talking, there it was. And I was just like, all right, you're sure. As you like, mm. you guys can make whatever connections you want and chase them down. That's up to you. I won't interfere in your guys' processes. And here I am interfering with it, having this conversation. But uh, it was just amusing. Oh, no, you're just bringing up the bits that I wasn't paying attention to during the game. That's all right. That's fine. You can do that. Shame, shame, Mick. Shame. I'm bad. Government. Ugh. Then I, I, I shifted the focus back to Oraki and Akmenas. What are you guys doing? And they were having a conversation. They wanted to go and they were just like, okay, well, let's... Well, no, actually, I put the focus on Oraki because she, in Discord, had this big thing because Kaylin, the the player who was playing Kaylin, he had to leave because personal reasons and so we lost another player. So he wrote a nice little role-playing letter about why he left. And I asked him, I said, well, it would be nice if you did that. But in my mind, I had another reason why Kaylin disappeared. So uh, Oraki's sitting in Kaylin's room. He's left a letter on the bed. She's sitting on the end of the bed reading this letter. And as she's reading this letter, she catches the scent of spices, mm. which she recognizes as the same smell that was at the Pallet Court Ball when Lady Alashra appeared to watch the Vizier Panshar, who was up on the balcony next to you guys. I thought the spices were associated with the queen. Yes, they were. Yeah. Okay. And so she that's why she was she was just like all of a sudden Kaylin's gear, all of his gear showed up on his bed and the letter disappeared. And so Oraki just backpedaled it out of the room. She's like, "Do I hear the sound? Do I hear?" And it's like, "Yes, you hear a slight sound of chimes." She's like, "Yeah, I'm out of there." And I was like, "All right. Damn. Okay." She's out of there. That was our opportunity to meet the queen and you blew it. So so if you're listening to this, that was a bad move. <laughs> yeah. You should have stayed Oraki, there and been sacrificed like everybody else was. Yeah. You should have stood there and took yeah. it like a man, even That's though right. you're a female. <laughs> yeah, we wanted the Polaroid photo. Uh, yeah, you should have took it for the team and created yeah. a new character on the spot. Yeah. What were you thinking? Anyway, but yeah, so he backpedaled it out of there, and that's when they decided, okay, well, let's go get Elbrum because I mean, we need to go. Uh, so they they just hogtied him like ten minutes ago. Now they're going to go release him, but they go to get him, and he's already released, and he's opening up the door. As they're opening up the door, we could run ads for players. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, if there are positions vacant for anyone yep. who'd like to contact us. Yep, feel free. The problem is that there's a Don't lag, isn't it? There's there's a, a lag between when the event comes and the podcast goes out. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, Although we, have this vacant room, we have the vacant room and it's full of gear for anyone who'd like to come along. I've started, you know, any of the episodes that are like an hour 20, I, I'm starting just to, okay, split them because I tried shorting, shortening them 
yeah. and shortening them this takes too much time and effort so now i'm just screw it i'll split it and make two episodes out of it so maybe yeah. that'll that increase that buffer yeah, room again because we're six, getting close in, 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 in six months time people were sitting there going wow i could play that game that'd be really cool yeah mm. yeah well i mean you would hope yeah but yeah oraki shame i hope you Bad feel uh, yes i hope your family's listening and you feel shame yeah so we will tell your children of this yeah so then i i think we had them wait a bit because i know yes in fact they they did wait a bit they waited basically until you got back yeah there was that that space so i i was up well at the, you were up, up there the, and you were having a conversation and, and with oswald who was your he was my guard merchant guard and I decided, I decided that I wouldn't go to the temple to find out about my inner feelings and all that kind of stuff. It was four o'clock. I was running out of time. I so had I you figured make, I'd cultivate Oswald. Two perception checks on your way back there. You rolled shit. Absolute rubbish, wasn't it? Absolute rubbish. And thinking, I was I'm expecting... I was given a gem and I got yes, nothing. Yes, I was thinking about revealing a few things that you might have noticed on your way out. But no, nope. yeah, they were nope. like, they clearly were ones nope. and twos. So, and I think thinking, just oh, this will has his conversation Nothing. with Oswald, and Oswald's telling him about how he dreams about being a guard on one of on the carpets, carpet. and yeah. you know he's got a thing for the temple priestesses. And yeah. but yeah, so eventually you get back, you just jump, you just grab the first earth sled. I mean, you you do find out that the pilgrims are starting to get pissed that the blockade's yeah. not letting them through. You did tell Oswald about, hey, well, you know that I heard the, these shopkeepers talking about this, this scorpion symbol. I mean, there was talk down in the district of the cat about scorpion symbols. But he knew nothing. Or sorry, district of the hyena. Yeah. No, he, he, he wasn't. He wasn't a font of information. However, no. Oswald will be working the gate next time I come. <laughs> and as I've said before, it's about building relationships, building relationships. with the people that matter. Yeah. And so, yeah. So they, o- Ozzy and I, we are now good friends. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but you did get back, and, and the guy who was kind of a little bit less, he was short with you, he gave you back your, your I, ID, I, card. Your ID card, and you just jumped on our slide, went back, and, and yeah. then you had the big reunion and stuff like this, and at that point, it was, okay, we are going to go have dinner. It's time to go have dinner. So you all headed out to the Crimson Nib. You didn't see that one coming, No, did I didn't you? see that one. And then, oh, no. And then it was like, yeah, I'm going to have the special the only one who didn't have the special, because Ekmanis wasn't there, so you guys didn't force him to have another special. But you guys were all like, yeah, I'm having a special. And so, okay, what the hell was it? One of your arms is now a blade. Yeah, I now have a, a, a giant scimitar coming out of my left arm. Yep. Oh, one yeah, was... And, and it was... I had you roll for, was it one or two arms? I was like, okay, <laughs> oh, no. roll a d6. If it's low, it's one arm. If it's high, it's both arms. You rolled low. Yeah. And I rolled, okay, so now what do you want? Your left or right arm? Oh, I'll choose my left arm. All right, your left arm is now a blade. I believe it was Elbrum, Elbrum, whose veins started to get yes. enormous. And they basically doubled in size. And so basically now he's got a plus two to his initiative. And, I mean, nothing was really detrimental. And the, t- the table is, no. half the table is bad, half the table is good. We got three good ones. Well, and in Oraki, she's gotten her eyes doubled in size. Yeah. So she gets a bonus to her perception checks. And yeah, they're all 24 hours. And of course, before you guys came in, I had you roll a constitution saving throw because each time you come in, you got to check to see, can you suppress the urge to buy the special? 
and you all rolled past it, so you, yeah, you, you didn't have to buy the special, but you bought I it did. anyway. So, yeah, and that was a new one, because we hadn't, we hadn't done it before. I love the idea that you can sort of, you, it's the thing like you, you, you walk into the, the Kmart store, or whatever the name of it is over in America, and as you get to the, the checkout, there's the, the hot popcorn machine and then there's the, the chocolate that's... You can smell the chocolate and it's... Yeah, do you resist the urge to mm. buy something at the cash register on mm. the way out? And I'm just thinking, yeah, that's really good because when you walk into the store, it's... Yeah, we're at the Crimson Nib. Well, Will I have the special? What I, does I think it smell this is like today? Something about you getting more and more experience as a DM and stuff like this. You start to plan better, organize your information better and stuff like this. And the, the reality is, is I had set up to have that role when I f- was first building the Crimson Nib franchise yeah. store entries. Yeah. And I put down that, yes, you need, you guys will have to make constitution saving throws for it. And if I just forgot it. about it. And, and of course I also put down that you would get a discount. You would be able to get a 10% discount if you bought some, if you, you know, if you one did, of the other yeah. stores. And I had it so written if you, down and in the, 10% the DM discount notes. applies to if you buy the special, you get a discount. You will get the discount to be able to stores. use at the other stores. Yeah. Yeah. Now well, I, I and there is only one other store that's worth buying stuff from, and that's the Magic Store. Because that's the only the one, that, the other one that doesn't have the rubbish. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is I mean, the rubbish is when you are strapped for cash. And, and in, my, in my sessions, if you go and you start smacking a door, a stone door, with your your greatsword, yeah, your greatsword is toast at the end of that. So you're going to need to buy a new one. I like, too, that these last few episodes, you guys have done quite a bit of shopping, which has hit your purses quite a bit. Yeah, that's fine. Well, it's good. We'll make up for that. At one time when you're flush and, and stuff like this, you, you feel that well, we can do anything. We can do anything. Yeah. But the, then again, you guys really haven't. Well, here, this was my fault. With, I, with all of my stores, the way I set them up is they've got a haggling ability. And it really depends on you guys on how you guys talk to those NPCs, whether or not it comes up. And I never even considered, and we talked about this before, was that some cultures you just don't haggle. And I've traveled a lot, so I, I haggle. In Australia, I haggle. And I thought it was just normal to haggle in Australia. And then you just were like, well, you're, you still got the Canadian accent. They think you're a foreigner, so they, they to- totally haggle with you. Because normally you, you don't haggle. And I always yeah, we don't haggle, and it's just yeah, you're coming in here, you've got the accent. He's a tourist. This is my one chance to make a sale. I'm either going to close the sale with him because I'll never see him again. He's going back to Canada. <laughs> He's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But you know, if I see some Australian coming in here wearing his thongs and his t-shirt, yep. If I don't screw you, to buddy, him now he'll be coming back tomorrow. Price is the price. Yep. Yeah, I, I always like, hey, come on, you can you can do me a bit better, can't you? What's what's yeah. the store discount? It's a Wednesday and you're in a bad mood well here I'll help yeah. you make how much stuff have you sold this week How's let's, let's get you into a good you. mood by yeah. feeling good that you've given someone a discount yeah and I even do that when I call up the electrical provider AGL and stuff like that and I'll be like well they got that stupid rule that if you don't when your one-year contract expires they default back to the basic rate unless you specifically call them up to renegotiate Not anymore the, you changed it Thank God. That, that pissed me off because like all of a sudden I was just like, I was at 14%. Yeah. No. It irritates me. 26. 26. There you go. Yeah. Go um, 26. Anyway, so yes, I had all of these Crimson Nib entries in place. Can I, can I have more than one special? At uh, one time? No. No. Is it like one special? That's it. I, I'll give it a try. See what happens. <laughs> By the way that you're looking at me, I know it's not going to end well.
the, there's few, My leg will few, there's few opportunities for me to be an NPC <laughs> on these things. So yeah, I give away enough stuff in these sessions, these art chats that I'm gonna, <laughs> I got to keep some stuff close to home. Oh, but that's, yeah, defi I, that's definitely going to be worth it. Well, well the discount time, thing again, like the discount and the Constitution saving throw thing, were inside the DM notes for the Crimson Nib Nibblers restaurant. Yeah, and I just forgotten to read it. You guys went in, you bought from the inventory, drag drop done. And then I was just like, oh, God, the discount. So I created an entry in the inventory. This is the beautiful thing, the Deluxe Oz and his little extension add-on to Fantasy Grounds, that you can have these stores. People can just drag and drop into their inventory. The currency exchange is that, so they don't have to sit there, do the math of removing the gold or the silver or whatever. It just happens. They drag, they drop, the money disappears. Mm. So I created an entry that said Crimson Nib Discount which I should have done before, but now it's just, it's there, it's blatant. Now I, I, I won't forget that stuff. So, I mean, yeah, it's, you guys went in there, you guys all had the special, and I was just like, what a risk, what a risk. And the thing is that you guys don't really know. No, no, I'm not, again, I can't say. Anyways, yes, I'm just craziness, absolute crazy. You guys are all, it's all funness until there is, I will tell you, and I did mention this before, there is one where your face falls off. Yeah. Yeah, there is that. What a risk. Anyway. And look, but we know about it because we saw the guy walking down the road the other day. He had no face, like it had fallen off. He was carrying it in his hand. Okay. We know that that's a concept. We saw him come out of the shop this, and, like, this, you know, this is, these things happen. This is what Mick does. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, he, he's the player. And every once in a while, he does this bit just where he's like, play he, he'll just be like, shift to I'm the DM and I'm creating a scenario for the DM. <laughs> no, there's I'm no guy walking down the street creating. with his face falling off. I'm not creating a scenario. I'm saying that I saw it. Mm. And then, and then, you know, Calidus saw this guy walking down the road with his face that had fallen off. Mm. You know so, what? I so should, I should go with that. Calidus actually like, saw him coming out of the shop. So mm. Calidus knows that this can happen. Yeah. And Calidus will probably mention it the next time we buy specials. It's like, yeah, I'm go and I'm going to be when, like, when, like when everybody else does, does an insight check, and they'll yeah. be like, oh, Calidus is going bonkers. Calidus knows that this has happened. Calidus should write down the list of things that, uh, that we've had every time. He's, he's so got, we can figure out, like, you know, yes. there are 15 things. Which one will of we like course. next? That would I mean, be something be, smart be, to do. It's going to be pretty boring if we get the poison glands again, isn't it? Like, you know, oh, I've done the poison glands. That's, They're acid yeah, glands. Acid but glands, yes. yeah. Yeah, absolutely, you guys should be writing that stuff down. Jesus. But, we, I mean, you know, there's nothing to be gained by it. You just know, know what's there. Well, you and, you and have then, no way of controlling it. Like, there's no way you can sort of get what you want. Well, the next thing is, is you guys are sitting at the Crimson Nibblers and you guys are discussing the fun of the special and the mutation you get from the, having the special. Great. But you guys are discussing what's your next plan of action. Yeah. And the list was Elbrum long. was, or, or Oraki or Akmenas, no, not Akmenas, because Akmenas was, was missing. Man. Oraki or Elbrum was like, we need to go, let's go buy some scrolls of Identify from the shop. And then Calidus is like, oh, I, I can cast Identify. And they're like, say what? 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 Say that again, Calidus? Yeah. What the? <laughs> Calidus is not a very good magician because Calidus doesn't really understand about like what he can do and what he can't do and what he needs and and Calidus is sitting there going, like, I can do Identify, but every time I do it, I've got to have a hundred gold pearl that's going to just, no, no, just no. be destroyed. So, so Calidus no, 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 has no, no, never no, no, bothered no, no, no. about this. It, it, and it, then he finds out. No, it doesn't get destroyed. So here's well, the, that's thing. the thing. Yeah, and that's the thing. Until he's sitting there and Elrond goes, like, you do know the pearl doesn't get destroyed. It's like, oh, okay. 
So out of character stuff, unless the spell specifically says that it consumes, like for example, when you cast familiar, yeah. it says it consumes, you're burning those things in the, the brazier, yeah. so it's consumed. So every time you will need that in order to cast familiar. Now a focus, an arcane focus allows you to avoid any component pouches unless the spell specifically says it needs an item to consume. So having a hundred gold piece pearl if you had a component post and you bought a hundred gold piece pearl, you just you got it, it and you'll be able to cast it. It's not. Or if consumed. I had an arcane focus, I'd be okay. And if you had an arcane focus, you'd yeah. be okay. And the game came to an end before I could go and get one. Yeah, well, the stores were closed. It was. Yeah. You guys did go out. It was six thirty. So, you guys made some decisions. You looked around for some stores and you did some charisma checks. You did some gossip checking. You, ch- you checked with some some locals. You guys were really crappy. Only Akmanis rolled well for that. And so he learned that, yes, they did know there was a gem shop out in the perfume district. At which point you guys had made some decisions on what you were going to do the next day. We, oh, but you, oh, I didn't think we did. I skipped out a part two. I did make a point of painting out prior to your getting back. I made a point of the alarms going off in the city. Oh, yeah. And you guys saw the curtain. the curtain shield going up over the bay. Because yeah. you hadn't done that before. And it's a bi-weekly thing. And this is the second week. So you guys did experience this. And, and this is one of those things that I had set up. And I just didn't explain it before. So I wanted to make sure that I explained that the curtain shield went up. The alarm sound that you guys heard. And then by the time you got home and you guys were having dinner. So that went up at 1.30. And it goes down at 6.30. So you guys experience that, and shortly after it's going down, as you guys are in the street deciding what you do, there is almost immediately another alarm sound in the city that you guys don't recognize, that it's not a common knowledge thing. And you notice a phalanx, 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 yeah. of well, griffins lifting up off. off of the Linus district, or yeah. at least from where you guys were looking and looking up, it looked them. like they were lifting up off of the Linus district, and then they headed out east. And we did, and we did get a, a quantity on it, so it was in. Yeah, the, you 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 were able in to, the seventies. You rolls are good enough that you numbers. were able to. Yep. Yeah. So what we, what we don't have, like, and this would be a common knowledge thing, is is that a lot? Because the reason for the number was, is this a lot? If if the town sends out a, a troop of people go wandering down the road, and you say, "Hi, where are you going?" and they say. We're off to, you know, catch the thugs in the woods, and there are ten of them. Then you go, well, they're trying to catch two thugs in the woods. And you, so, you guys, when you, we look at this and go, what, what was the quality of the force that was being sent, and how big was it? But you rely on common knowledge. Is this common knowledge? You're six months in the city. Would you know about the military and scoping that stuff out? Unless you well, had yeah, a specific I, I background, that, that there's my, no way. That, and look, that is my You question. guys don't even bother to ask the locals. That, that is my question. Is this, a, is this a big force? Is this a lot? Is this bad? And you would never know unless you specifically have a military background, which none of you do. No, no, you that's, why never know. that's why I'm saying it's the common knowledge thing. Common knowledge would tell us or wouldn't. No, no, it wouldn't. Okay. Unless you had a military background. If you had a military background, you'd be able to say... But common knowledge-wise, no, no, no. no. Common knowledge from within the town. So, okay, from well, your point... So, it, it, actually, it, let's, it, go, let's take this let, one. Let's let, analyze we, we this can one. Actually, we can actually use this as a, as a real value. So we yes. sit here on the Sunshine Coast. Sunshine Coast, for those who don't know, is 90 k's north of Brisbane. We will travel to and from the main highway 
to Brisbane or we will actually go out on it. And every now and again, we see a convoy of army vehicles yep. travelling in one direction or the other. Yep. To us, the first time we see it, it's like, whoa, what the hell's going on? Yep. And then every six months or so, you will see another convoy. Yep. They won't always be the same type of vehicles, yep. but they'll be travelling up and down the road. Yep. So to us, that will be... And so we will be able to know, is it a big convoy? Because there's lots of them. And they don't always travel in a convoy. Yep. You know, you see three, then you see two, then you see seven, then you see five. You know, but you know that by well, the time you... they've gone past, sure, you've seen but... like 25. And you can take that information and interpolate that information. Or on the moment, you interpolate that information to figure, okay, I think that must mean that this is a regular... Yeah, we do. But mm. if we saw hundred, we just saw this continuous. I, I don't line. know about that because we just talked about politics just before the podcast started, and we we're talking about apathy. Yeah, I think that you potentially start making those connections. I would say the majority do not. Do you think the majority of people would just sit in their car, drive down the road, see a whole lot of army yeah, trucks coming towards and go, oh, hey, army trucks. look, army trucks, yes, and not actually quantify? No, if there's a lot, no, absolutely. So oh, they but, might be like, oh, they, look, one, two, three, four, five. Oh, there's five of them. Wow, look at that. Hey, son, look at that. Five trucks. Cool. All right, let's go. But if they saw one coming past carrying a tank... whoop de do. So they what? would go, wow, it's carrying a tank. Yeah. So that would stand out, like in anyone's mind. Well, sure, it would stand it, out, but do you quantify it? Do you quantify it and say, start trying to figure out and interpolate that to be anything more than just, hey, there's some military vehicles going down the road? Well, going back to the common knowledge thing... Yeah. It, the... The point I'm saying is that when we look at the quality of the troop that's being sent out and the quantity, mm. so my comparison here is to say we're driving down the road, we see army trucks going up and down every six months. You know, We know they do that. We know that there's you know, yeah. 10, 15 of them at a yeah. time. That's what we see. The day that we see 40 of them and they're all carrying tanks, yep. then that goes, oh, hang on a minute. Now, Something's this is going on. So to me, you've been there for six months. And yeah, if this you is a have, problem, we wouldn't, if you we have a see. military background as part of the character that you have, then yes, you might be able to be able to say and quantify things better. As people who are just refugees in there and without a military background, you wouldn't know that unless you speak to the locals. And I guess the other thing about it too is that we may not have been there long enough to see of course. any more than this particular occurrence of it. And I mean, the thing is, is as refugees without the... So if, to me, if you were a refugee and you had a military background, you would be absolutely walking through the city gathering that information. Whereas if you are a guild artisan, yeah, the city's military units, you're a refugee. Yeah, yeah. You just wouldn't know how to quantify that stuff. You don't have that background, that training, that way of thinking. Or it's not something that sticks in your mind. No. You'd be more thinking about revenge, vengeance, there are things that are probably always going to be on your mind because who knows, lost family and whatnot. Yeah. But you've got to also be thinking, I'm a refugee, how, what am I going to do? You guys, as a group, cohesively decided, all right, enough of this crap of just sitting in this funk, let's go do something and, and let's go. And, and the, the other thing that came out of this, of course, is that we watched them and they headed east. Yes. So Calidus immediately leapt to the conclusion that this large army of... You were like, they're going to the Sandship Harbour, and I was just like... No, no. My, my thing was, were they flying past the Sandship Harbour? So it was about, did yeah. they cross the city walls? Did they keep on going? We can see that. Hmm. So it was, how long does it take them to pass? And it was about whether they're going up and coming down, or whether they're um, going off, whether they're actually going somewhere. So Calidus saw them go and keep on going. Yes. And because of that, he then immediately drew the conclusion that 
they were going to something that we knew of out in the east. And the things that we know of out in the east are... I don't know. What do you know? Oh, I can't remember. I have to look at my notes. <laughs> but out in the east there was a heat. Was a heat out in the east? Okay, was yeah. So, the... Well, and again, you know that a heat is supposed to be the undercover person for the pallid court. So her whereabouts wouldn't be common knowledge things Although at there all. Were two, there were two rumours... Yes, you know that Ahit was either she, she was... went north to the capital, Nuria Natal, or yeah. she went through Barry and you learned that she, she had actually gone to visit someone. People of the interwebs, are you thinking, Damn it, man, is this an abrupt end of the episode? Yep, you are right. Indeed, this episode is definitely not finished and has been sundered, split in twain. But there's a light. Return in just one week. Our discussion will be concluded. Until then, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>